to episode 16 of Beyond the Veil, a podcast all about Harry Potter and mental health. I'm your host, Madison Ford. So this week, I am flying out to Los Angeles and hosting a live Beyond the Veil panel at Leviosa, and I hope some of y'all can make it out there. If you can, our Beyond the Veil panel is Sunday, June 30th at 2 p.m., so hopefully I'll see some of y'all there. I want to mention really quick that this week's episode does have a trigger warning for our whisper segment. It does address suicide, so please skip over that if that's a topic you want to avoid. So this week's episode has a very special guest. Corey Ferguson is an actress, a poet, a high school student, and she's also a dear friend of mine. We got to talk about how Harry Potter has helped her in her search for her identity, And I'm so excited to share this interview with you. So let's dive in. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Beyond the Veil. Today on the show, we have the wonderful Corey Ferguson. Corey, I am so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So let's just start off by you telling everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, as you've heard, my name is Corey Ferguson, and I'm 15. Whoa, not even a (laughs) full-grown adult. Um, But I, Harry Potter has been a part of my life for a very long time, Um, and it's just one of my favorite things. I am a Hufflepuff. Um, I do have my own wand, but I can't remember what it's like crested with, but I did get chosen for a wand ceremony when I went to Harry Potter World. It was so cool. Um, And my Ilvermorny house is, I believe, a Thunderbird, which is a sharp contrast, but you know, it works. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So today um, we are going to talk about um, a couple different things. So In your submission, you talked to me about uh, your brother, uh, and he started reading you the Harry Potter books when you were 11 years old. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah, of course. So when I was very little, my brother made it very clear that Harry Potter was one of his favorite things, and you can never talk bad about it. Like, he just loved it so much. And at the time, I was like, I don't get it. Why do you love this so much? I don't know if I want to be a part of this. But he kept pushing for me to read it. And if you know the first chapter of the first Harry Potter book, it's very hard to get into that because it's kind of boring. You're just waiting. You're like, oh, my God, when is the magic going to happen? So he read me the first chapter of the first book multiple times before I was 11. And I was like, I don't know. This doesn't seem like my thing. And then when I turned 11, he was like, come on, this is when they get their letter. I have to start reading this to you or else this is never going to happen. So I was like, okay, okay, I guess I'll let you read them to me. And that was like the very end of fifth grade. And I think towards the middle of sixth grade, we had finished reading all of them. And then it was suddenly one of my favorite things. And he uh, just made the books come alive to me. And... It was such a great experience to have him be that source of magic for me. And if it weren't for him, then I wouldn't have just had the experience with Harry Potter that I've had. And now that I'm 15 and still love it so much. (laughs) 
I love hearing when people get to share the Harry Potter series with their family members and close friends, especially being introduced to it. That's such a beautiful way to start off with the books. And even better is my brother and I are very close, so I trusted him while he read it and it was something that I knew that he loved so I was just like you know what I'm just gonna be a really good little sister and just have him read this for me and I didn't know that it was gonna become what it was that's wonderful I'm so glad that you uh, trust such a beautiful word you mentioned that reading the Harry Potter books this was the first time that you kind of found something in a book that you felt like related to you Uh, Can you go in depth on that? Yeah, um, so I'd read a few books before Harry Potter, but it was never something that I found on my own. I mostly just read series of books just because my friends are reading them, and I was like, okay, I need something to relate to them. So I just started reading books, and it wasn't really, I wasn't very invested, but when I started reading the Harry Potter books with my brother, um, it gave me something that... I had never felt with the book before. And I was able to relate to the characters in such a beautiful way and something that I've never had before. And it was just a wonderful experience to have um, reading the books for the first time and being like, I see so much of myself in these characters Um, with Harry. I felt throughout the whole entire series that he felt very deeply and loved very deeply and I do too I'm very sensitive and I love people and it's very hard for me not to feel something I can't just bottle things up and Harry is sort of that way too I feel like he just has this ability to connect with people and love people for who they are Um, and with Hermione as well. Um, I looked at her and saw how she was just such a perfectionist and afraid of failure and things like that. And she held herself to such a high standard. And I was like, that's me too. I'm so afraid of letting people down and um, just not being the best version of myself. And I feel like Hermione showcases a lot of that too throughout the whole entire book series. Um, And just all of the characters I felt were just so deeply relatable, and I found so much of myself through that. Absolutely. I love hearing that, especially we don't talk about Harry's depth of feeling very much, so thanks for bringing that back up, because that's that's such a key part of his character, and I think maybe a lot of people relate to that, but don't realize that they do, uh, that they do connect with Harry that way. Yeah. So you've mentioned before in your submission, and because I know you outside of the podcast, um, that you live with a disability and that that can kind of make you feel isolated. So can you talk to us a little bit about your disability and the different ways it affects your life? Yeah, of course. Um, I live with a disability called cerebral palsy. More specifically, I live with a version of it um, called spastic diplegia cerebral palsy, which means it affects the lower part of my body. So the upper part of my body works totally fine. I can use my arms, I can use everything, but my legs are where the problem is. And I can't um, walk by myself without assistance. 
Um, and it's very, it's very isolating. And I've, it can be, sometimes it can't. Um, but yeah, so um, it's chronic. I have had it my whole life. I've never known anything different. Um, but I think that's okay. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, with such a huge impact like on how you live your everyday life, it would make sense if this had an impact on your mental health. And I'm curious if it does have any impact on your mental health. It does. Um, not necessarily the disability itself, but the, I guess, social and emotional effects that it has. Mm -hmm. um, a great experience uh, or example of this is um, the start of my freshman year of high school, which I just finished. Um, they, they warned me <laughs> that um, the elevator there at the school was pretty jicky, so if you had any problems with it, you could always come to me. And I was like, you know what? I've never had any trouble with that sort of thing, so I think I'll be fine. Um, so about November of last year, it started breaking down continuously, and I had nowhere to go. Oh, no. And I couldn't even go to my classes. <laughs> so it affected me in a way that I didn't think it would because at the start I was like, you know what, this is fine. Like, because I'm just so fatigued all the time, at least I could just slow down and stay in one place and don't have to move so much. But I didn't realize how much I'd be missing. Um, and so not only did my um, grades start dropping, but my mental health sort of took a plummet too. Um, and I was just in a place where I was very stuck and I didn't know what to do, really. I was just kind of like, I don't know how to get myself out of this mess. Um, but thankfully, um, there were administrators at the school and my parents really did a very great job of just reassuring me and um, taking action and making sure that everything was gonna be um, good for me to finish my freshman year okay, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is just one of the many ways that it has affected me, um, just in a more general sense, I guess. Um, I kind of have this feeling, um, not constantly, but uh, most of the time where I feel like I'm not working as hard as I should be for other people. So sometimes I'll like be in physical therapy and I'm like, ah do I really want to continue doing this? Like, is this really helping? Is this really working? Am I doing enough for people? Am I, you know, it, it was just a, I would constantly have this feeling of just not being enough for people, not doing enough for people. And feeling that all the time can kind of make you believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, throughout my, most of my middle school experience and some of my high school experience, I've just been like, yeah, I'm, I'm not enough for people. This isn't working. It's so I, I got a lot of anxiety from that. And I also kind of fell into a tiny depression, mm -hmm. I think too, which is very weird to say out loud because I think I've always known that, but I haven't said it that way before, but it was, yeah. 
it was definitely there because I would stay in my room a lot. I was always in bed. I never liked to get out. Um, and I just, um, I stopped talking with friends as much. I mean, I still talk to them because I, you know, I, I love my friends, but I didn't talk to them the same way that I used to before. I kind of distanced without knowing that I was distancing. And luckily that's over. <laughs> um, I still kind of have those feelings sometimes, but I have a better grasp on how to handle it. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. That's a going through saying saying out loud that you've been through a depressive period is always so strange when you say it for the first time you're like wait that's what that was wasn't it and uh yeah. thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable i know uh, i know how difficult that could be to talk about and so i really appreciate that you shared it yeah i i trust you so <laughs> it, it's it was easy to kind of tell that to you um, because we've known each other for so long. Like, when did you first meet me? I was like, oh, tiny. You were <laughs> like, tiny. You were less yeah. than 10 years old. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that you feel comfortable sharing. So on top of mental health, um, and I guess intertwined with mental health, um, I know that living with a disability can affect your view of yourself. And I'm curious um, if your disability affects your view of kind of who you are as a person and your identity oh yeah all the time um what's weird about it though is that it's been a part of my life literally since I came into this world so I don't really know a life without it so a few summers ago um I had a huge surgery it's the first surgery I've ever had and probably the only surgery I hope to ever have mm-hmm. um but it was very, for lack of a better phrase, hyped up in my family. Like, whenever we would tell people about it, it was like, oh, she's going to be able to do so many things on her own and just, she, she might even be able to walk. Like, who knows? Like, everybody got so excited while I was just over here. Like, you don't know that. Like, you don't know what's going to come out of this. I could be doing this all for nothing or I could be doing this all for everything. And that's a very scary feeling to have. Yeah. And um, I just felt like I had everybody's expectations of me <laughs> raised to a bar that I could not reach. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very, um, I, I love the surgery itself, sort of. Like, it wasn't <laughs> the worst experience of my life, but it also... Um, really did affect my view of myself. And I just, I, I felt like I was coming off as this inspiration, but I didn't want that. I just wanted to, I wanted to be a teenager, you know, a person who was growing up and doing things for the first time and, exploring herself without having this uh, disability in the way. Mm-hmm. And I felt like people saw my disability before they saw me. Um, wow. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But at the same time, I feel like if I didn't have this disability, then I wouldn't be the person that I am. Um, I feel like my disability has caused me to be 
so much more empathetic and I'm able to um, put myself in other people's situations and be like, you know what? You're struggling. I'm struggling. It's okay. We're all struggling. And I feel like I wouldn't have that outlook on life without having this in my life. So it it's good and bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And based on what you said, you know, wanting to just kind of be a teenager, living your life, normally experiencing things, Harry Potter is a very easy connection into that kind of mindset, I think, um, as Harry himself just kind of wanted to live his life free of being the chosen one and the boy who lived. So I'm curious to know, um, so you talked about how Harry Potter brought you closer to your identity and uh, how how did that happen? Um, so really, it started with reading the books and then watching the movies and seeing it all happen. And I just, like you said with The Chosen One, I, I sort of felt like I was my own version of The Chosen One, but not really, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I felt like everything that was happening in my life was happening to me and not for me. My dad says that to me all the time. He's like, this is not happening to you. This is happening for you. But as a teenager, or just, I guess at this time, about to be a teenager, that's really hard to understand. Yeah. And you can feel sort of like with this disability, like um, there's no way of detaching yourself from it because it's so physical and it's so apparent. Like, you know how some people, you would have to talk to them before realizing, oh, they have they have a disability too. Whereas you can just look at me and you can tell that there's already something wrong or something abnormal, which I don't really think there is a thing as normal, but come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was very hard to detach myself from that label of being the disabled kid. And I kind of felt that way with Harry um, when everybody kept calling him the boy who lived, the chosen one, like he could not escape that his whole entire life. Everybody was going to know him as the chosen one. And one thing that gives me a lot of stress and anxiety is the fact that I might never be able to escape that label of being, you know, that one disabled kid that you know. I want to be so much more than that. I want to write. I want to act. I want to do art things. I want to do so much more with my life than just being in a walker, you know? Yeah. Um, so I really found that connection and that commonality with Harry of wanting to escape the label that you've been put under and not be defined by that label either. Um, so that's how um, reading the books and watching the movies really helped me get a better understanding of who I wanted to be and who I wanted to be known as. I love that. I love the... Because there's a sense of knowing that you can kind of grow into more than who you are today, as we all do, and uh, getting a vision of what you want for yourself. And that's, I mean, uh, I know in my adulthood, that's something I'm still coming to terms with. What, you know, what do I want to be? What do I want to have my life look like? And it's so important to 
uh, ask those questions for yourself. And I'm just so grateful that Harry Potter gave you a way to see that when maybe it didn't feel like it was in sight before. Yeah, of course. And it it also sort of felt like that that wasn't in my control either mm-hmm. because I grew up with this disability with my parents at first sort of um, doing things for me and being catered to. Um, One thing that my brother did very well um, once I started growing up is whenever I would ask him to do something, like, hey, can you go get me a glass of water or something simple as that? Um, He'd be like, no, you can go get it. And in my head, I was like, he's right. But also, what if I spill it going upstairs? What if I drop it? You know? Um, And my parents started doing those sort of things too. But I noticed that with him, he started doing that. And if he hadn't started doing that, then I wouldn't be as independent as I am today. So I feel like it's hard to have control over who you want to be when something as big and as apparent as this happens, it kind of feels like you're at a loss of your own life, sort Mm -hmm. of. Like you can't just grab the reins and keep going. It kind of just gets out of control for a second. But, you know, as as I've been growing up and as I've been dealing with this disability, it's gotten so much easier to be an advocate for myself and being independent and not relying on other people. I'm still working on it. It's still not something that comes very easy to me. But something that I'm super grateful for is my family, who has helped me so much in helping me get control of that. Absolutely. So in talking about your brother and your family, um, let's kind of jump to, you know, one of the best things about the Potter series is how it brings people together. we talked a little bit earlier about how your brother read you the books and it helped grow the bond between the two of you. So before the Potter books, what was you guys' relationship like? Oh, it is and still was and is one of the best relationships I have in my life. Um, My brother, (laughs) um, when I was born, um, he was the last person to see me. He had to wait a long time before he actually got to hold me and I feel like he was put in a position as a brother to um, take care of me and he had a lot more responsibility with me Um, and that's kind of hard going from being an only child to having a sister but also having a sister with special needs yeah and but he's just kind of done that um, his whole life and he's never I think with him helping me at such a young age and stuff like that has helped us grow our bond so strongly and so tightly. Um, And not only did he just help me, but he was one of my, I think he was my first best friend, honestly. Um, (laughs) We did everything together all the time. Like I would, (laughs) one specific Potter memory that I have with him, is we, I think we were reading the second book. I believe we were reading the second book. I could be wrong, but um, it was like a su- it was a Sunday morning, and I woke up and it was like nine thirty in the morning, and I knew that he wasn't gonna be awake because that boy can sleep for hours. <laughs> um, 
but I knew he wasn't going to be awake, but I was so over the moon with Harry Potter at this point. I was like, okay, I don't care if he's not awake. We have to start reading. So I had breakfast and I like went into his room and he was like under all these blankets and I felt so bad, but I like woke him up and I was like, oh my gosh, can we read? Can we please just like read one chapter, please, please? And he agreed. I think if it had been anything anything else, he would be like, no, please let me go back to sleep. (laughs) But it was Harry Potter. So of course he got out of bed and I think we read for like the entire day. And uh, my brother is just one of the best people in my life. And I'm so thankful that he is my brother and we get to do all these things together and we get to be so close and we just get to be people together yeah (laughs) so reading the books really grew your relationship in a lot of ways i guess yeah um of course our relationship was very um tight-knit before the books but i feel like um when we started reading the potter books it was kind of just apparent that this dude is going to be in my life for like so many years um (laughs) and what was cool is that we didn't just read the potter books together like after we were done with the potter books we were like okay what's the next series we're doing what's the next book we're doing and then it moved on to tv shows we would like we had this routine of like maybe an hour before bed we would get in my bed he would sit towards the end i would be laying in bed and then my dog would get up on the end of the bed and we'd read a chapter or watch an episode that was our thing and we did that for years <laughs> um so yeah that really did kind of strengthen our bond with each other absolutely that what a lovely ritual of you know going through stories together that's awesome i'm curious if you guys if there's anything you know any potter ways that you still grow your relationship today Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so we have been to Harry Potter World together. We took our very first trip together with the rest of our family. But that was long after we read the books. Um, but, yeah, so that was a very, very, very fun trip. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I honestly, I really want to go back with him. I have to get on him about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. We still talk about Harry Potter a lot. Like, it it comes up in common conversation with him. So, like, if we ever want to talk about anything, we it's usually either Harry Potter or video games or something like that um, that we bond over. We always kind of... We talk about re- rereading them together, but now that he is out of the house, <laughs> we have to kind of find ways to start doing that again but we definitely want to reread them together um now that we know everything that happens and now that we are familiar with the story um we can kind of read it in a different light so yeah definitely we, we still talk about and love harry potter to this day. <laughs> um so to kind of come toward the end of our conversation i want to bring it kind of back to you um and we talked about how you see, you know, your own identity. And we know that the Potter characters deal with their own identity struggles. You know, Harry being the chosen one, Ron is the youngest Weasley brother, Ginny's the only girl in the family, Hermione's the smart one. 
And I just want to know today, how, how do you see yourself and your identity? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't think there's one word or phrase that could do it justice, sort of. Mm-hmm. But I, I went through my whole life sort of being the inspiration that lives across the street from you or goes to school with you. And like, she lives such a hard life, but she still smiles every single day. She's so happy. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm so much more than that. But yes. um, to start the list off, I am a high schooler. I am about to go into junior varsity theater, which I love so much with so many great friends. I write poetry. I uh, make music and listen to music. I I act. I, I've been in shows and it's so much fun and kind of going on the shows thing. Um, something that really helps and doesn't help with identity is you kind of have this feeling when you're doing shows of like right before the cast list comes out and you read it and you're either not on it or you're on it. And so whenever I wasn't on it, I was like, um, did they really not cast me because I wasn't fit for the show or because they just didn't, they couldn't find room for somebody with a disability in their cast. So Mm -hmm. it kind of hit harder that way, but it also helped when I was cast and but also I kind of had that same question. I was like, did they cast me because I was really fit for the role or did they cast me because they felt sorry or it was a pity cast, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think with things like this, with troubles in life, with obstacles in life, you can never let it tell you who you are. It's kind of like this voice in your head that wants to tell you all the bad things about you and all of the things that you don't necessarily like about yourself and it wants to make you believe those things but Mm -hmm. you just have to learn to stop listening to it or at least be friends with it like you don't have to love your disability or love the problems that you have but you at least have to understand it and be friends with it and know that it's not always right you're you're a person before you're any of your problems you know yeah, definitely. You have wishes, you have aspirations, you have hopes, you have dreams, you have feelings, and you're a person before anything else. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm a person who loves doing things. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. I, I think that's, it's just so true. It's so true. And it makes me I think that that's something that everybody has to remember about themselves and other people. Ultimately, we are just all people. And that's, in a lot of ways, the most important thing about you. Yeah. It's hard to realize, but once you get there, it's great. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So we're coming close to the end of our time. So I just want to know if you have any final words of wisdom or advice or anything else you'd like to share with all of us. Totally. Um, I think what I want to be the biggest takeaway from this is that you are not your struggles. You are not your problems. You are not your disability. You are not 
anything that is put in your way. You are you first and only you. And nothing or nobody has the power to tell you otherwise. Um, so just be who you want. Explore life in the way that you explore life. And just go through it. Go through feelings. Go through emotions. Go through trials. Go through tribulations. Go through all of it and you will find yourself and even if it takes harry potter to help you that's (laughs) totally fine um just always 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 remember that you are you and nothing else beautiful Corey. thank you so much for all of that and for for sharing your story and being so vulnerable and I love having people on and sharing and I'm just so grateful I get to share it with somebody who's so special to me in my own personal life. So thank you again for being here. Oh, you're welcome. I was so excited to do this. So I'm I'm so happy that I got to sit and talk with you and get to know you more, even though I've known you for like years. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's so special to have these kind of conversations with people who are so important to me like you. Um, and... I'm so happy that we got to do this. Thank you all for listening. Corey, thank you again for sharing and joining me on the show. We all have stories, but some are more difficult to tell than others. Just another reminder that we do have a trigger warning for this week's whisper regarding suicide. So if you want to skip over it, You can do that right now. In this week's Whisper, a listener shares their story of how J.K. Rowling and Luna Lovegood are part of the reason they are alive today. I started reading Harry Potter after my first suicide attempt when I was 11, 12 years old. After researching and learning about J.K. Rowling, I found out that the Dementors were a literary representation of her depression. I was diagnosed with depression at 10 and never knew anyone else to have it. Knowing that there was an adult out there with a condition I had, who had a purpose in life and who wrote so beautifully, it was inspiring. I was inspired to start writing poetry. From that point on, I was a writer. Personality-wise, I am a lot like Luna Lovegood and Newt Scamander, a Ravenclaw and a Hufflepuff. Luna was a big inspiration of mine, as well as the actress Ivana Lynch. Luna was bullied like I was, but chose to be herself anyways. So I did the same, despite all the abuse I was dealing with from family and peers. Luna is part of who I am as a person. She, as well as Rowling, are part of the reason I am still alive. This has been episode 16 of Beyond the Veil. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who has shared their stories with us. If you want to be a guest on the show or share your story anonymously as a whisper, please visit our website and fill out our submission form. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider rating us on iTunes and sharing with other folks you think might enjoy as well. Join me next week for another conversation in the headmaster's office. See ya!